Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The NBA trade deadline has come and gone, and we are going to be breaking down all of the biggest fantasy basketball winners and losers on today's podcast. Let's go! G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today we are recapping the uh, NBA trade deadline, which came and went today. Um, wasn't able to do a live show. Seems like that was a very popular thing this year. Uh, but we are here to give a, a condensed look at the, I guess, the winners and losers and all of the fantasy basketball fallouts. That was the NBA trade deadline. Um, so we're going to get stuck into it. I want to start the show by first saying I apologize that the uh, videos and podcasts have been a little bit fewer and farther in between these days. Um, my, especially for the weekly preview shows, they will be coming back um, the past few weekends, which is when I normally would record those, have been busy with some other things going on over in my life here, but they will be coming back and they will definitely be back for the fantasy basketball playoffs. We've been doing the... Um, the, the review shows of the uh, industry pickups, both on my uh, podcast and YouTube channel, but also over on Kingies and Fantasy Basketball International's channel. So um, still doing those at least once a week. And uh, there will be some more shows coming, especially when the Fantasy Basketball play- playoffs come up. So uh, don't go anywhere. But yes, apologize again for the, uh, I guess, infrequency of uploads. But we're going to get stuck into the... Um, NBA trade deadline. And overall, just before we get stuck into the actual deal, so overall, I don't know if there's a huge a lot to take away from this year's NBA trade deadline. Normally, there's at least one, two, three guys that are, present themselves as must-add players. I think for the most part, um, in most leagues that are fairly active and switched on, a lot of the guys that are benefiting from the deals that happens today or yesterday, by the time you listen to this podcast... Uh, they're probably already rostered, but just in case, we will go through them and discuss who is a must-add players. There's a few maybe speculative ads, but they are really just that. My hopes and, uh, I guess, expectations is not super high, but there are maybe some guys that you can take a punt on if you have a bit of dead space at the end of your roster. But let's get stuck into it. We're going to bring up on the screen here over on YouTube all the deals that have gone down, starting um, with the February 8th deal. So the deals that were made on the NBA trade deadline, we won't be covering some of the trades that happened previously because, obviously, we've had a chance to see a bunch of those. So 
Starting with the first deal that happened on the day, which is uh, nothing super exciting, but the Pistons, who were very busy on trade deadline day, they traded Kevin Knox, a future second-round pick, the rights to Gabriel Procida, who I believe was a second-round pick for them, uh, playing overseas, uh, for Simone Fontecchio. Um, and a few people are sort of asking the question if he's an ad, and he could be. I don't think he's a very high upside ad. I think at the most realistic way to view him is he's probably a three-point streamer. That was clearly a focus for the Detroit Pistons in today's deadline, getting a lot of shooting onto their team, get a lot of young shooters, and Fontecchio kind of fits the bill there. But he... Yeah, I mean, he's not super young, actually. He's 28 years old. So he can come in, he can shoot some threes, maybe hit a couple... Um, there was some flashes earlier in the season that he put up some decent numbers with some assists and steals, but I don't think on this team that is really going to be his role. Um, so you can have a grab. I think he's more of a 14-team league guy, 16-team league guy for 12s. He's a streamer, I think, on low-volume days, but that's about it. I'm not super excited. Obviously, Kevin Knox, I'm not worrying about him. And yeah, Gabriel Procida, yeah, we don't care about them. So pretty boring deal. Simone Fontecchio. I'm not super excited. I think you could probably do better with that roster spot in standard leagues. The next uh, trade, really nothing to see here. Corey Joseph goes to the paces. Some picks get swapped around. We don't care for fantasy basketball. Um, Daniel House, similar sort of thing. Going to the Detroit Pistons, he is, I think, going to be more of a depth piece. Again, shooting is their focus, but I don't think he's going to see much time over there. Um... So, yeah, again, nothing really to see here. Continuing on, this one here is a little bit more interesting with the Raptors acquiring Kelly Olenek from the Utah Jazz. The Raptors get Olenek, Ochai Agbaji, the Jazz receive Otto Porter Jr., Kira Lewis Jr., and a 2024 first-round pick. So the fact that the Jazz got a first-round pick for Kelly Olenek and Ochai Agbaji is very interesting. I mean, I don't think I would have given that up for those two players if I was the Raptors, but... Kelly Olenek, he can be interesting. Um, at the moment, oh, he, he has been playing at the backup center, power forward sort of a spot. So I think, first of all, this helps consolidate the floor and the value of someone like a John Collins, a Walker Kessler, all get that floor boosted up because sometimes they might have conceded minutes um, to someone like a Kelly Olenek because he was a decent player and their their rotations were a little bit messy. I mean, it had been better recently, um, but I do think that just helps them from getting those low-minute games sprinkled in there um, that sometimes does happen. So I think they get a slight boost because Otto Porter Jr. is not going to come in and take their minutes. Um but on the Raptors side of things, some people are a little bit excited for Kelly Olenek, and he can put up decent numbers in a um, limited minutes role. I don't really think that it's going to be enough to be consistent standard league value. Again, probably more likely to be someone that's a 14 or 16 team league guy. He'd be very back-end 12-team, so definitely that stream-type value. But I will be watching to see what his minutes are like and if maybe this does affect someone like a Jakob Pertl, who from time to time can be a player that sees a lower amount of minutes. I'm not doing anything crazy or anything like that, but it'll be interesting to see how much they use him, whether they value his spacing over a Pertl. Sometimes they do like to play smaller down the stretch as well. Maybe they don't have to this time with the Kelly Olenek. So this might might be a, a bad thing for um, a Jakob Pertl. I 
All in all, I think it'll be a very similar role for Kelly Olynyk playing um, at Toronto as they uh, as he was um, for the Utah Jazz, where he played he played twenty and a half minutes over there, and um, he's a one hundred and fifty second ranked player. I think it'll be pretty similar in Toronto, with maybe the slight chance um, if they prefer to use him a bit more over Jakob Pertl. So. Again, you could speculate and add him. I don't think it'll be huge. More of a watch list guy for me in 12s. In 14s and 16s, you could take the punt and, and see what uh, happens there. Um, as for Ochai Budgie, he's bad. He will continue to be bad. We don't have to worry about him. He's not a good fantasy player. Uh, the Bucks trade Robin Lopez to the Kings. Literally no relevance whatsoever. This next one is an interesting one. So the Mavs acquire big man Daniel Gafford from the Wizards. They trade Rashawn Holmes and a 2024 first round pick via the Thunder. And um, this is one of those trades where it's kind of all losers. So the Mavs getting uh, Daniel Gafford really hurts the value of a um, Derek Lively the second. Now, I don't think, and I tweeted this out, I don't think I would be dropping either Gafford or Lively just yet. Now, it is a bit annoying at the moment because um, Derek Lively is out, and he has been out um, the last few games. So it might be a little while before we have a concrete answer of how this actually shapes out from a minutes rotation point of view. I do think this will be a bit of a minute split, though. So the way I see it is I still think that Lively will start. I think that he is the center of the future, and I still think he's going to be getting some, uh, you know, decent enough playing time. Um, In a points leagues, you can go ahead and absolutely drop both of these players. Um, But in a category leagues, depending on your need for rebounds, field goal percentage, and blocks, these guys still will provide that. I do see it more as like a maybe a 25-23 minute split Maybe in that amount of time, Lively can do something. And da- Daniel Gafford is a foul-prone player, so there can be still nights where Lively goes off. But overall, it does hurt uh, both of these players. And it would not surprise me if both of them do end up being drops, um, especially as we get closer to uh, fantasy basketball playoffs. And you've got to make those last roster spots streaming spots. Um, but for now, I'm just holding and just waiting to see it out. But I think it is a negative for both of them. On the Wizards side of things, the biggest uh, beneficiary player is probably someone like a Marvin Bagley. I did tweet out about Rashawn Holmes. Since reflecting on it, like, people point out to me he's, he's bad. And he is bad. I know that. Um, if, if both Rashawn Holmes and Bagley were getting the same amount of minutes time, Rashawn Holmes would 100% be the ad. He's a better fantasy player. But it's probably more likely that Bagley gets the majority of the minutes. Um, so from a winner's point of view, Marvin Bagley is probably one of the biggest winners of today's trade deadline. Although, again, I don't really see the huge amount of upside when it comes to Marvin Bagley's fantasy game. Um, he also is out uh, at the moment with a lower back contusion. So I don't know what they're going to do if he doesn't play their next game. But anyway... He should be. He, should, he figures to be someone that, if you need rebounds, points, maybe he can get you a block per game. He's never really been a great shot blocker. Um, solid field goal percentage. He will just give you absolutely zero in the assists, steals, uh, no threes. He's a very empty fantasy basketball player. Much a better points league. So in a points league, I do think he's going to be a must add guy. In a category league, I'm less uh, bullish on him being someone that you have to go and add. But he is probably someone that. If you're really looking for some kind of just more consistent back-end value, he could maybe provide that with the uh, caveat that is not a very high upside. In deeper leagues, 
I think you can try Rashawn Holmes. I mean, they've got no centers on this team. Literally, it's it's Bagley and it's him. Um, they're they're going to play small a lot, so it, it might amount to nothing. In, in fact, it probably would, but I'd at least just be keeping an eye on it. But yeah, it, it's all in all, it's a it's a pretty but it's a pretty annoying trade for fantasy's purposes because uh, Gafford and Lively both probably get hurt, and the biggest winner is Marvin Bagley, who I just don't think is very good, and he's definitely not a fantasy player at all there. So, um, yeah, that one's not the the best and most exciting trade there for us. The next trade, the Blazers add uh, Delano Banton from the Celtics, and so let's get a second-round pick. Uh, yep, literally don't matter for fantasy basketball at all. But this next one doesn't matter for fantasy really, but I am ecstatic that my Celtics added Jaden Springer for a second-round pick. One second-round pick for Jaden Springer. I had him as a lottery-grade talent in his draft year, and I stand by that. He is still exceptionally young. He's 21 years old. He looks like a defensive menace when he's out there. He hasn't really had many opportunities at all at Philadelphia, but he is so young, and he is still someone that I believe in as a solid rotational, maybe even a starting player in the NBA. Now, in fantasy, it's not going to mean anything this season because he's clearly behind players like Drew Holiday, Derek White. Um, I believe he can he can surpass someone like a Peyton Pritchard in the rotation. He's obviously a is a defensive first guy. Um, so in deep leagues, in dynasty leagues, I still like Jaden Springer. Um, when I say deep leagues, I'm talking like. 30-team leagues and, and things like that, 20-team leagues. Um, but in a dynasty league, I'm still holding on to Jaden Springer. I still think he's solid. Maybe it's a bit of a buy-low situation for, for Jaden because I do believe eventually he's going to be a solid player, and I and I hope that the Celtics can keep him on the roster for a good while. And I um, we've seen recently his steal and block rates come out, uh, even in limited minutes. He's a very good fantasy player, and um, I think he's a really good player in actual uh, NBA as well. So doesn't affect our redraft leagues, but I'm excited that that happened for my Celtics. Um, the Mavs and Thunder swap first-round picks. So the Mavs get the earlier pick, Thunder get the later pick. Interesting. Obviously, no relevance for fantasy basketball. The Bucks traded Patrick Beverly for Cameron Payne and a 2027 20, second round pick. Extremely irrelevant for most fantasy basketball leagues. This next one has a bit of uh, ramifications here. The Raptors receive uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, which I believe they are going to waive, and he is going to be one of the players that joins a contending team as a um, as a free agent. So he'll be going into that buyout kind of market, which I don't love as a thing, but he will be doing that nonetheless. And the Nets receive Dennis Schroeder and Thaddeus Young. So a couple things here. Obviously, um, Dennis Schroeder was getting decent minutes for the Toronto Raptors. So this is going to open up more minutes for some of their players. Now, I don't know if there's a clear um, ad, but it does, in my opinion, really help a player like Scotty Barnes. Now, Scotty Barnes, they've gotten rid of... I'm blanking right now. So they obviously got rid of Pascal Siakam. They've now gotten rid of Dennis Schroeder the two biggest playmakers, OG and Anobi, like, like their starting lineup has been absolutely just sent away. Scotty Barnes is their guy. Now, they've gotten, obviously, players like uh, Emmanuel Quickly, RJ Barrett, uh, Bruce Brown, and Kelly Linick back, and they could all playmake a little bit, but this is undoubtedly Scotty Barnes's team, and he is going to be the primary playmaker, the primary ball handler for him, and I think that is where his value can be its highest. So I do believe that this is a good 
uh, return for Scotty Barnes with the fact that Spencer Dinwiddie is going to be waived. So I think he is a decent winner. Um, and I think this helps players like an Emmanuel quickly. Bruce Brown obviously was someone that was being talked about getting traded. He stays here. I think this helps him a little bit as well so he can get some playmaking responsibilities. Um, someone who I'm watching without a whole great deal of hope, more a deeper league watch, but but Grady Dick is someone that I think for deeper leagues we should keep our eye on because obviously you're losing a couple of rotation players. You're getting Spencer Dinwiddie and then waving him. Um, it's just... It's just something to watch. Obviously, you still have players like Gary Trent. You've got players like RJ, Emmanuel Quickly, Bruce Brown, all still kind of making it hard for him to be worthwhile. I'm not worried about Ochai Agbaji, um, and Kelly Linick, I don't think, really impacts Grady Dick. So I think Grady Dick just steps up a little bit more in terms of the pecking order. He's only been playing 14 and a half minutes. Maybe this can get into the low 20s. It's not enough for... The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Standard leagues, but again, in deep leagues, I'll be watching Grady Dick to see if he can maybe just, you know, step his game up a little bit and have a bit more of an impact to close out the season where I don't think the Toronto Raptors are going to be challenging too much down the end of the year. And it's clearly very much a rebuild over in Toronto at the moment. Uh, Let's move on to the next trade. Uh, A lot of players swapping teams here. So the next trade for uh, Bojan Bogdanovic and Alec Burks from the Pistons. And the Pistons get back Yvonne Fournier, who they will wave. Malachi Flynn, Quinton Grimes, Ryan Ake... uh, Jesus, Archidakano, that is terrible. I know I should be able to pronounce that name a lot better. And two future second-round picks. Sorry, Ryan. Um, I think, obviously, the biggest winner in this deal here, I think, is Quinton Grimes. He has some upside now. It, it might amount, again, it's probably one of those trades where it's more than likely going to amount to nothing. But if you have some dead roster um, space at the end of your bench, Grimes is is someone that at least put on your watch list, but he, he might be worth a speculative ad. He's he's definitely a threes guy. He can get maybe a steal per game and give you a, a little bit of assists with some solid-ish percentages. 
Um, but he was buried in the Knicks rotation. And if he comes out and plays as their starting small forward, I wouldn't be super surprised. There's something here with Quinton Grimes. He's a young player. Um, what is he still? He is uh, 23 years old. Um, but I think... If it were me coaching the team, and again, I have a lot of disagreements with what they've done over at the Detroit business, so take this, obviously, with a massive grain of salt. I would be putting him in my starting lineup next to Cade and next to Jaden Ivey. I think he solves a bit of their spacing issues. He is someone that I think is a really decent defender. He has a bit more creation and ball handling upside. Um... And he, you know, he can run, be like a secondary or tertiary playmaker when some of these guys go off the bench. So I, I like Malik, uh, sorry, not Malachi Flynn, Quinton Grimes, but obviously the additions that they also made in players like um, Fontecchio, like um, who else did they add? I think they added someone else before the deadline. Let me just double check. It wasn't a big name, but it was someone that I think should ex- should still play. Oh, dear, 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 dearie me. I actually have him in my 30 team. Let's, let's check um, that. Uh, Troy Brown is the guy I'm thinking of. So he came over from the Timberwolves or the Kings. I can't remember where he came from, but he is someone that he's 24 years old, can shoot as well. So they've addressed some shooting needs. Um, so there are a few other guys there that did arrive, but you've lost Boyan, you've lost Alec Burks, two guys that were getting big minutes in their rotation. So the huge winner out of this is someone like a Jade, uh, a Jade Nivey, who's been massively good the last two games. He is, of all the players we're going to talk about, he is still available on some rosters out there. So he is absolutely a must-add player in categories and points leagues. He is, I think, at the moment, like 66% owned in Yahoo leagues, which is criminally low. Absolutely go and add him. I think most competitive leagues, he will be on a roster. But in case he isn't absolute must roster, go and add Jaden Ivey. Uh, I think this helps Asar Thompson because I think Bojan Bogdanovic going out Grimes, Fontecchio coming back in. It's a slight net positive, but... And I would add him if he's available just to see where it goes. We've obviously seen him be really good in minutes, but it may still end up being that the spacing issue is too much of uh, a hurdle for him to get through in his rookie season. And obviously they have addressed a lot of that in a lot of these trades. So I'd add Asar Thompson if he's there but be willing to drop him in a couple of weeks after the All-Star break if it is still not going very well because obviously we're at that time of the year where we can't afford to wait. On the Knicks side of things, they're obviously just bringing these guys. OG Adenobi's injury was announced today that he's going to be out at least, I want to say, I think they said three weeks with um, his show, uh, sorry elbow surgery. So those guys will have value, or at least especially Bojan will have value for a little while. Uh, so obviously you're holding for now if you have him in your squad. And you can kind of deal with it later if those minutes do come back. And and I, I think he will be eventually a drop. But right now, obviously, I think you can just hold him and just hang on for as long as the value's there. But I think it is going to be eventually a net negative thing. And Alec Burks was a guy that you could have been streaming. I do think that he is, he is someone you can drop now because um, he is just not going to get the usage and the... Um, quite the minutes that he was getting in Detroit there with their absolute need for his shooting on that Detroit team. It's not as valuable on the next team where they've got some other guys that can space the floor. So I think that's how those trades shake out. I'm not expecting anything really from Malachi Flynn um, 
Yeah, he's just uh, just a bit of a depth piece there. Um, over to the next trade, the Spurs trade McDermott to the Pacers. Nothing really to see here. Uh, maybe it hurts someone like an Aaron Neesmith, but I, I would doubt it. I don't think he's going to be doing too much to affect in those players. Uh, Spurs received Marcus Morris, who I also believe is being bought out, so obviously no impact there. The Thunder add Gordon Hayward from the Hornets. They give up Trey Mann, Davis Batans, and Vasily Micic, and a couple of second-round picks. Um, Gordon, Gordon Hayward's obviously a bit of an upgrade for them. He is not someone I'm rushing to go and add. It's a worse situation for Hayward in the Thunder. Obviously, you've got players like Shea and Chet and Jalen Williams and Giddy. So he's he's really uh, further down the pecking order than he was when he was in the Hornets when he was healthy. So uh, he's not been uh, really solid for the last little while anyway. So um, nothing really to react to strongly there. If you're in a deep league or a deep dynasty league, I, for whatever reason, maybe this is foolish, but I still have like a glimmer of hope for Trey Mann. I I was kind of keen on him in his rookie season. And the situation at the OKC Thunder was was really bad for him. He was stuck behind two really good of their, really two guards that were clearly their franchise's future. And he was never going to get past some of those guys. On the Hornets, obviously, he's not getting past the mellow ball, but... I don't know. There's a little bit of an opening there at shooting guard. Maybe he can play alongside. Maybe he can still be that sixth man. It's it's a long shot, and it's definitely more of a deep dynasty thing. But I, I still hold out a little bit of hope for Trey Man that he does something. Um, but it is fading. Uh, but let's hope and see if it happens here in a new destination. Um, if it doesn't happen here, then maybe I was just wrong on Trey Man, and I very much. Could be just wrong on Trey Mann. Uh, the Suns in the next deal, uh, they get uh, Royce O'Neal and David Roddy. Really interesting uh, deal to get David Roddy there. I don't know if he actually does too much on the Suns here. Royce O'Neal will play, but he is not really a, a, a huge fantasy option, especially on a team like the Suns because of the usage of those other big three players. Um, the Grizzlies get a future pick swap and Utah wants a Nabe, and the Nets receive three future second round picks. So all in all, it's it's a whole lot of just back end guys swapping teams and picks and it's it's nothing super exciting. So uh, in this in this deal, I'm not really adding a Royce O'Neal. I don't think this you know helps anyone really on the Nets. There's no there's nothing big that changes. I think in in this one here. Oh, I should have mentioned actually before when we talked about um, Spencer Dinwiddie. So Spencer Dinwiddie leaving and Royce O'Neal leaving just also secures the floor for Cam Thomas. And once again, maybe he's one of the big winners of the trade deadline like he was last season. He's been playing pretty well with a couple of stinkers mixed in there uh, recently. So chances are he is available, but uh, he was he isn't available, sorry. But if he is, he would be someone that I'd add. Again, all the Cam Thomas warnings go out that he's a points, threes, free throws, guys. Doesn't do anything else, but obviously there is some use for that in most situations. Um, the next deal, the 76ers trade for Buddy Heald, um, and the Pacers receive Furkan Korkmaz, Marcus Morris, and three future second-round picks. Now, Buddy Heald, I think this is a better situation for him. He should start whilst Melton is, I believe, still out with injuries. But when Melton does come back, I... <sighs> I would think Melton plays over Buddy. It's also hard to tell what's happening with this team and how much they're going to be pushing with the Joel Embiid situation. So definitely Buddy needs to be rostered right now. 
Um, if he's available, go and add him. The threes, the points, the free throw percentage, it's all solid. This could be this could be a messy timeshare in the future when they're healthy, if they're healthy as well. So right now, he's definitely someone you want, and it's a better situation than in the paces. So um, we could be a big winner here for Buddy. I've never been a big Buddy fan, so I've always maybe a little bit down on him compared to others. So maybe there's a little bit of bias from me speaking here, and he could be a lot better than what I what I think he's going to be. Um, but there's there's a few things still to shake out at, at Philadelphia. I mean, they I've heard a lot of rumors that they're going to be basically picking up a Kyle Lowry off the buyout market, and there's a few moves still to play with some of those older guys. So um, still yet to be seen exactly how this roster is going to look for the back end of the season. Uh, but for now, definitely add Buddy. If he is available, hold on to him if you have him. Uh, I'm, I'm prepared that if and when some of these guys get back, that they're all going to kind of eat into each other's minutes and they all will sort of be that back end and no one's really going to be super valuable uh, for fantasy purposes. For the paces, um, Furkan Korkmaz, I don't think it's going to come in and do too much. It does help some of your guys... Um, like uh, an Aaron Neesmith, although he's more of a power forward, but just, again, someone who takes a lot of shots for the paces, uh, has gone from the rotation. I don't think you're getting too much back. Um, so he is still an absolute must-roster guy uh, at this stage. So definitely, if he is available, and I'm looking right now, he is 59% rostered in Yahoo League. So get that up a lot higher. Um, I don't know if this helps anyone else. Benedict Matherin, um so, yes, he is definitely someone you could have a look at, but he has his own issues. But it could be something that, again, he's a younger player. Maybe he just gets better. Uh, maybe this helps his confidence with just another sort of roadblock out of the way. So a winner in this situation could be Benedict Matherin. Um, but he just still has his issues. So that, that's the thing with this trade deadline. It's like some of these guys, Bagley, uh, Benedict Matherin, they, they, they are winners but they have a lot of holes in their fantasy game. So they should improve, but is it enough to make them must-roster players? I'm not 100% sure. But you could definitely take a flyer on Benedict Matherin and see where this goes. Uh, I don't really think this affects TJ McConnell too much at all. It might help um, Andrew Nemhard, but again, similar story with Benedict Matherin. Probably not enough, while Tyrese Halliburton is healthy, to be someone that we have to worry about in fantasy leagues. So it's just all a bunch of back-end Eh, over at the paces outside of your Halliburton, Turners, and Siakams, and probably Aaron Naismith. Those top four guys are pretty comfortably well ahead of the rest of the group. But if I was to add any of them, it would be Benedict Matherin and just see where it goes, knowing that he is limited in his fantasy game. Um, the next and final trade we're going to go through here is the Mavs adding PJ Washington from the Hornets. They send Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a 2027 first round pick. So... Uh, PJ Washington was up and down, so I think this just helps his um, helps his consistency. I would say playing. Uh, I would assume he starts at power forward uh, over for the Mavs next to I believe Derek uh, Lively when the team is healthy. Um, but playing alongside someone like a Kyrie and Luca, it, it will hurt a PJ Washington. He's not a huge defensive stat guy with those two having the ball in their hands a lot. The situation, I believe, is actually worse for someone like a PJ Washington. Um, so he's not a really, he's not a guy that's going to really benefit a lot with um, 
without the ball in his hands and he's not going to rack up huge rebound and steal and block numbers. He can, he can do a bit of everything. So I still think he's a hold, but um, it, it might not continue to be that way. He's 139th so far for the season. It doesn't take much for that to really drop away. Um, yeah, like I said, not a huge rebounder. He's less than a steal and a block per game. It's, it's, it's close to a steal and a block, but... That's when he was doing a little bit of center, a little bit of power forward, whereas I think, obviously, Gafford and Lively there are going to take all the minutes of center. Um, so he's going to be exclusively playing power forward there. So I, I really just don't... I, I think it's probably actually a negative for P.J. Washington. And Grant Williams, he's not someone that, even in 36 minutes, he's a huge fantasy basketball guy. So it's, it's again, another one of those situations where it's a bit of a lose-lose. I don't think really anyone gains too much value here. Um... Uh, at all, really. Um, it it kind of just swaps hands and, and it, it's a whole bunch of nothing. So those are the deals that went down in today's uh, trade deadline. Overall, I think the biggest winners here, I think Jaden Ivey is a massive winner. And if he is available, you can go ahead and add him. Marvin, Marvin Bagley is probably a decent winner as well. Although, again, still limited in his game. Maybe Aaron Neesmith, who's already a must-roster player, but he wins a little bit. Um, someone like a Benedict Matherin gets a bit of a bump. I'm watching players and speculatively adding guys like Quinton Grimes uh, in deep leagues. I'm watching someone like a Trey Man, more deep dynasty leagues. Um, but overall, the losers... Derek Lively, Daniel Gafford, PJ Washington. Um, it depends what happens with Spencer Dinwiddie or Cam Thomas is maybe a bit of a winner there just with the consistency and, and less competition there for shots. So all in all, it's it, there's, nothing, there's no real guy to go out and grab outside of a, a Jaden Ivey who, if he's available, I don't know what you've been doing the last couple of games, uh, with the Pistons going back-to-back wins, he should definitely be someone that is rostered. But outside of that, it's it's a lot of wait-and-see and speculative ads. So let me know down in the comment section, guys, below if you have any questions. If there's someone available in your league that you're considering to add, jump in there and let me know. Give this video a big thumbs up. I will be back talking about the Industry Pickup League uh, at the start of next week to go through my results there. It's getting close to playoff time. And then after the All-Star break, we'll be getting back into those uh, weekly preview shows and also some other shows throughout the week to get you through your fantasy basketball playoffs and get you some wins in your league, guys. It's good to be back. Let me know down in the comment sections if you have any questions. And until next time, guys, I will see you later. Bye. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.